Hello, everyone. Welcome to Perfect Timing Podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Chandler Monet, and today I have probably one of the best models to ever walk the scene, a lovely trailblazer who's joining me on the show today, Miss Eris Aubrey Busey. Welcome to the show, girl. A round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. So, how's it been? The day, the week, the month, the year? Girl, it's it's been a day week month and a year um I, it's been good it's been great though overall it's been great it's been it really great. has yeah i'm so glad that you're taking the time to join me today um you know it's a lovely october friday evening the time that we're recording this and you know we're just blessed and happy to be here so i'm gonna go ahead and read off her bio to you guys she is like fabulous and once you like hear i think you'll agree so I'm gonna go ahead and get started on that. So, Eris is 13 years old. She's a model, actress, and designer of her own cl- clothing line called Sire 711 from Washington, D.C. We love a native. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's the founder of Eris Aubrey Busey Community Works Project that focuses on serving the homeless. She's the author of her own book called Dad Gone to inspire young girls growing up without a father. She's walked for many highly acclaimed shows, which include New York Fashion Week, DC Fashion Week, Runway for a Cure DC, and so much more. To top it all off, she is the recipient of the Youth Model of the Year Award. Period! <laughs> so, firstly, I just want to go into, like, how you're 13 years old and you've already accomplished so much. I kind of stalked your Instagram earlier this week to see, like, what you were all about. And you guys... She, like, you cannot take your eyes off her when she's walking, like, on a runway. I'm like, I want to be like her when I grow up, honestly. And to top it all out, like, you're an author, an actress for all these highly acclaimed companies. And, like, how do you do it all? Well, I think it's all about balance. You know, you also have to be sane while doing everything. Because moving around may cause a lot of stress. But while doing all of this, you still have to take some time and do something for yourself, you know, cater to yourself every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So just small things, I balance myself. It's all about balance for me. Mm-hmm. So since we're on the topic, like catering to yourself and finding balance and stuff like that, how do you specifically cater to yourself? For me, myself, I love to sit in my bed, maybe cram out a few episodes of Grey's Anatomy, eating chips. Uh, you know, maybe some reading if I felt really feel like it. But I want to know, how do you personally try to get into your comfortable zone when you feel like the world is going crazy around you? Um, I am always with family. Um, so I have two siblings and my mom. Mm-hmm. So we're always with each other. So we're always traveling. Even if it's down the street, we're always doing something. You know, whenever we have our free time, we're somewhere as well as traveling. You know, we love to travel and we love to spend time with each other. So that is my safe place mostly. And when I'm, when I'm not with family, I'm always just by myself, just taking that mental time and cooling, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Cause like me, myself, like I'm also like very much family oriented. Like, even though sometimes my mom can get my gosh dang nerves. Sometimes <laughs> I just really need her around. I'm like, I need my mom. Like, that's really how I feel. And you also mentioned that you had two siblings. Are you like the youngest or like the middle? I'm the middle child. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> love middle children but like you're in the middle of three I'm in the middle of five really yes Yes, girl (laughs) and okay so I have an oldest brother and oldest an older brother um and then I have an older sister who actually is in college so besides my mom I'm the only girl in the house right now right so not fun and then I have two younger brothers so but you know it's it's the life it's the love they love using me for my driver's license and having (laughs) me chauffeur them all around but you know it's okay I do it and I appreciate it because like by this time next year, 
I'm going to be in college and figure it out themselves. So I don't really mind it. <laughs> but I want to get into uh, like your program called the Aris Aubrey Busey Community Works Project. So where did this all spark from? We all know that homelessness is a problem like raging around the world all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how did it start and what is it doing that it can to support your community, especially in Washington, D.C.? Originally, I you know, I was modeling at first and mm-hmm. Once I had the ability to really use my platform for more than just, you know, modeling and acting and things like that, I was able to really give back to the community while being heard and seen at the same time. Mm -hmm. So while I was younger, you know, I would always give back some way, somehow, you know, maybe even if it was just a dollar I had on me, it was something. I think once I had a platform, it just was shown to the world. You know, that was always the type of person I was and that was always my personnel but mm-hmm. that was just shown once I got a platform you know but it has impacted really deeply for the homes community because not only am I seen and heard but they are too um so I think it's really important that we give back and we take the time out of our day to acknowledge those exactly and I was the same exact way when I was younger or while I am right now just like you mm-hmm. know wishing that there was more that I can do. And, you know, like, like you said, having the platform that I have, I can have people like you on, I can have organizations on to talk about these right. things. So like higher ears can like listen in and just be like, I'm going to grant this young lady and her community and her business so she can help fund and do what else, whatever else she can to help the homeless people in her community. And, you know, like, it's just disheartening. And, you know, like the way society is set up and the way that our government is set up sometimes, it's just kind of like, okay, you're saying that homeless people are this and this and this and this and like a danger to our community. I'm doing like air quotes for those of you all listening. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like a danger to the community. It's like, okay, so what are you going to implement and do when they need the help that they want to have? Because, you know, sometimes they have like a mental disability that puts them there. There's veterans that are homeless because, you know, they want, you want them to serve your country so bad, but once, you know, their term or if they get sick or hurt, you just let them off the loose and it's just kind of like, oh, but they have nowhere to go. That's not a problem. Kind of an issue there. Wish we could fix it. Right. Um, maybe like when we become president and vice president of the United States, uh, we can fix that problem. <laughs> but again, I really adore what you're doing with your organization. And I think it really stands on something that's that has a really good foundation and trust me you are doing the best that you can as you keep everything going on right now so applause <laughs> so you said that you started out uh modeling first which is actually what's going to be my next question like what came first like the modeling the acting like what was right. it so how did you get into modeling well i was always growing up watching you know shows like america's next top model and always on youtube looking at runways and things of that sort you know, and mm-hmm. when I started modeling, uh, I started with Ethnicity Brand. It's a DC brand. And I started and I just flew from there. Um, I started doing New York Fashion Week, LA Fashion Week, you know, Indie Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. So I think I started and I just shut up, you know, yeah. um, I started at eight. Okay. So it's, it's been a it's been a journey. It's been mm-hmm. a journey. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, it's funny that you say that because I'm actually having like a reverie right now of when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I think I was also eight or nine years old and Nordstrom, they would have like fun, like fall, spring, small little runway Mm -hmm. things and we would wear their clothes and just walk. I don't know how my mom signed me, my older (laughs) sister up for that, but I was doing my dang thing. I wish I had a picture in here to show you, but it was like 
it was pink and black and white. So it was mm-hmm. like a black kind of like body con bodice thing that was mm-hmm. black with white polka dots. It had like a pink tutu at the bottom. I was living the life. <laughs> and my hair was like in like a faux hawk. My mom had like pins it up, but my hair was like super, super curly. And I loved it. You know, I was like walking around and people were like, okay, yeah. And I'm like, oh. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> like just really living the life. But I see that you took it to like another level. You're walking over here in LA. She just came back from LA last week modeling for them. You know, she's in New York Fashion Week and everything like that. It's just kind of like, what a journey. And like I said, when I was talking to her page earlier this week, like she's like, oh, she's such a vision on the runway. I'm telling you guys, like you cannot take your eyes off of her. Um, but I want to know, do you have like a dream line that you would like to walk for? Well, growing up, I literally always loved Betsy Johnson. Quick story time. My grandma had bought me this Betsy Johnson backpack and I fell in love. And she was like, do you know who Betsy Johnson is? It was like, I was like seven. I said, huh? She showed me a video. I've been in love ever since because Betsy Johnson always has that creativity. And she like, she's like, do whatever you want, but just make it fun. You know, and I like that you don't always have to be so strict in the modeling world with her. You know, uh, I've always looked up to Betsy Johnson. Uh, I think right now she's still on the top of my list. I, I think. Right okay. Now. Yeah, I, I can definitely see you there, you know, walking for her. I think that's a, like amazing. I think if I were to be next top model and I was working <laughs> or walking for a brand, I don't know why. I always wanted to be a Victoria's Secret model. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like it was always so fascinating to me. Like maybe like a month or two ago, I had I had like the small obsession of like watching mm-hmm. their shows. I'm like, this is so fun. Cause when I was younger, like I knew who Victoria's Secret was. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know who her secret was, but I knew what, what the brand was. But I, I don't <laughs> like I was like, oh my gosh, like these women are like so so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, but something that kind of drew from that is maybe like the stigmas for models. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to know if like, are there any like stigmas or ideas that people kind of put towards or like in front of models, just mean like uh, models don't eat, models don't do this. Um, You know, they all look the same, which is completely not true. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, are there any stigmas that you think you want to kind of devault? I think when it comes to, hmm, that's, I think when it comes to height and when it comes to weight, mm-hmm. uh, I think people really don't shine enough light on those who may not be tall enough or who may not be skinny enough. And as me, I am a tall 13 year old. Right. Cause you're, you're like five, eight, right? I am. We love a tall queen. We love <laughs> and it. It relate a lot to me, but I have seen it in the modeling industry and it is kind of really disappointing for people really not to have the same opportunities as others especially being African-American. I think that's also a stigma I kind of want to turn around because hair, our hair is different. It's not as easy to work with. And Mm -hmm. so that is a reason why people may turn you away. And Mm -hmm. I think I really just want to shine light on those who have all of these things, but also have the potential and the energy and the kindness and the confidence. So definitely those three. Um, but I'm pretty sure there's thousands of others that do need to be recognized. Absolutely. And it's funny that you mentioned the hair. Um, I think I was on either like Instagram or TikTok the other day. And there's this one uh, model. She was African-American, very deep, beautiful toned skin and like 4C hair, like very thick, coarse hair. And 
I wish I could describe the way the hairstyle was, but it was like a slick back kind of thing. I know exactly what you're talking about. That video. Yeah. So like, she like, she had like big coarse hair and you know, like they would not let her show either show them or let her do it herself to like have it slick back. And you know, there's only so much she could do as the day of the show, you know, she had to get dressed and everything. So like, and they just refused to do it the right way. And so I don't want to say she looked out there like she went out there looking crazy because like, you know, circumstances were the circumstances, but it's just kind of like, how far do y'all go to not make us feel like included? So much so we were like Winnie Harlow DM'd her and she was all like, I'm so sorry that this happened. Yep. Here's this and this and this and giving her resources on how to make the next situation better and like what we can do about the artist that didn't listen, you know? So I'm like, I'm glad that like Winnie Harlow like, reached out to her which I love her because like that she was like I think the first one of the first like activists and models that I actually saw with uh vitiligo and that's yeah. why I tried, started to learn and understand like what it was like the skin condition and everything like that so it's just kind of like opening doors to so many more platforms but mm-hmm. yeah I wanted to embark on that since you mentioned the hair Right. Yeah, I saw it. And it kind of made me think about how a lot of hairstylists now, they only use spray. That's it. Spray. Right. Yep. You get a couple, get a couple pumps and that's it. I'm so serious. Why? So for me, I always carry, you know, a hair bag where I have literally all hair utensils in it, just in case. And I rarely use it, rarely ever use my hair bag, but it's always just that possibility and um for her you could tell they really weren't caring much for her hair exactly you know? and they were um, just kind of like again I wish y'all could see but they, were, they like they were barely doing anything I was like y'all right. dang, well you need to slick the edges back a little bit more yeah 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 for sure yeah and we're sitting here talking about all these models and brands and things we want to walk for and I will not neglect to mention your own clothing line fire 711 you guys not only you make it yourself right yep y'all when i tell you like it's stuff that i i love it like you had like this silk like two-piece set and i was like hands it over i love it so so much so i want to know what was the inspiration behind that how did it get started like what's the story well the inspiration behind the two-piece the gold one right Mm -hmm. that gold it's my heart you know i love gold so that's some people don't like gold i know but i think i think that's why i like it mm-hmm. maybe, maybe because other people don't you know yeah. separated myself mm-hmm. from standards yeah. um, but <laughs> that was the inspiration behind that but the inspiration behind completely sire 711 i started sewing march but the inspiration was i think definitely being at shows and always being backstage, but always wondering what was on the other side. What was on the flip side, you know? Not watching the shows, but watching your clothes walk the runway. I always wondered what it was like. And I think the curiosity got the best of me. So I started doing sewing classes and I realized like this is really what I enjoy doing. It's something that I enjoy doing, not only modeling, but sewing as well. And so I started sewing and uh, I started my first line. You know, I was like, hey, maybe I should just put myself out there. Mm -hmm. So 
it was this annual show I do every year, maybe once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. And they reached out and they wanted kids slash tween designers for the show. Uh-huh. Put myself out there. That was literally on perfect timing. And right. I put myself out there. I maybe had two to three weeks to finish 11 outfits, including mine. Oh, my word. Um, and it was done. What I just put my mind to, you know, all-nighters. It, it pulled off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was most definitely worth it. I got to put myself out there, and I got to see what I can do to improve myself and what I do. Mm-hmm. But I really, I did great. I'm proud of myself. And yeah. I'm still sewing now. Uh, I get to make my own clothes for, you know, after shows and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, for me, sewing mm-hmm. has always been so fascinating. Like, I think when I was younger, I would watch a lot of Project Runway and mm-hmm. everything like that that entailed. And they're just kind of like, how do they know how to drape it like that? How do they know that this is going to look like this if they like turn it a certain way, like the fabric, like the mm-hmm. different sewing techniques. And if you didn't know, you know, now I used to be a classical ballet dancer. I like retired like back in the day. And so I would always sew my own point shoes and everyone had their own different like technique, different rhythm. And I was just kind of like, this is like probably one of the therapeutic parts of dancing because like I'm making this point shoe, which is made to fit. Cause like, it's very like secular, like very much mm-hmm. like this shoe is made for like a specific foot, which is also like a reason why I love it. It's just mm-hmm. now I get to add my own touch by adding the ribbons the way I want, adding the elastic way I want. It's just like a very like nice experience to have. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine making your own clothes because like I see people thrift and flip their clothes all the time. I'm like, man, I'm starting <laughs> in, into that. Maybe you know, like when time hits me or like right before I go to college, like I'll just go in like a sewing mask and I'll, I'll call you if I need help. <laughs> yeah throw yourself out there most definitely mm-hmm. that's the best way that's the best way you go learn for sure but thank you so much Ares, for joining me this far i think it's my no listeners i hope you've enjoyed it so far this has been a lovely conversation and we'll be right back after this break hey this is Cindy chalalone and i'm so excited to share with you my international podcast perfect timing that'll be broadcasting on mondays at 2 p.m through spotify apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so much more we will have outstanding guests that'll talk about their passions goals and dreams make sure you tune in and have a seat at the table where we will create a voice for us every monday at 2 p.m this is Cindy collins of perfect timing Welcome back, everyone. Again, I'm here with Miss Ayers, and we're talking about her experience with modeling, her own clothing line, and how she got into sewing and all the good deals like that. So let's get straight back on into it. So as a 13-year-old, you are the author of your own book called Dad Gone, which discusses the message of what it feels like to grow up without a father. So I want to know like, about the book's origin story, where it, like, it came from and sprouted from, and why you decided to write Dad Gone. Well, growing up in a single-parent household, I grew up with a single mother. And I've always felt, you know, some type of sense of loneliness some, from time to time mm-hmm. when I would see, you know, other little girls with their fathers, their Father's Day and things like that. And I kind of knew there there must be someone out there that could be feeling what I'm feeling, mm-hmm. you know, and that feeling kind of encouraged me and really pumped me up. It gave me the courage and the confidence to really put the message out there that, not having a father figure or not, excuse me, not having a father doesn't make you any less of a princess mm-hmm. or a prince for that matter. So I think it was really for me 
all about wanting to put my experience and where I am now on the others. Mm -hmm. And with that, I was always really thinking about how this could really encourage other young girls and young boys to really be whatever they want to be. And don't let the fact of not having a father bring you down any at all. Mm -hmm. So, and when I wrote the book, I wanted it not to be just a shout out to those girls and boys, but also a shout out to those single mothers. Mm-hmm. Having a single mother, they are also taking on the role of two parents, two roles of mom and dad, you know, so they, they, they're on grind. They're trying very hard to provide for their kids every way that they can, they can, knowing that it's only them. It's only them and it's only who they are to provide for these kids and then make them to make them who they are, you know, it's all on them in a way. So I think that was really my drive. And that was where it all came from, knowing that these single mothers and these girls and boys don't have a father, but they can still be known and they can still be seen by me, you know? By you. Letting them know, letting them know that I see them and I know and I'm proud of where they went where they have come and who they are now Mm -hmm. in a way. I definitely agree with that. You know, like you are no less whole than anyone that grew up with two parents or with a father. And, you know, like people, like kids, they would take that as like a bullying aspect. Like, oh, that girl or that guy, he, he didn't grow up with a dad. Like, you know, he's fatherless. And I'm like, that is not something to joke about. Cause either if it was like, either like a relationship thing, maybe the father passed away and now they have a single right. parent. You know, it's just kind of like, there's no room or need to have that kind of behavior. Or there's maybe relationships where both parents are present in the household, but like mm-hmm. one of the parents feel more alone in the aspect of parenting and stuff like that. So it's just kind of like, how are you uplifting it and letting these, these young kids know like you do in your book, like that they're right. not alone and that they can be more than who they are. Has anyone like reached out to you or given you feedback on Dad Gone and how it may have uplifted or affected them? Plenty of people, not just people, you know, reaching out to me. A lot of people in person. I've gone to plenty of pop-up shops, um, and a lot of people have come up to me, not only because they've read my book online or anything like that, but because they saw my book in person, and it really touched them to the heart, and it really touched them to know that they're not alone in any type of situation like this. Absolutely. I love that. To add to the list and the hats that you wear, you're also an actress. So yes. you've been able to act for not only like the Planet Word Museum and like for the Department of Education, you did a promotional video for them. So I feel that they kind of carry the theme of like learning and discovery. Mm-hmm. So how did you land these roles and what does the message from them mean to you? I know me landing roles, I think my passion and my confidence and things like that may have poured through the screen you know the video the audition tape but I think really the message coming from both Planet Word and this promotional video I think it I think it kind of comes together as really education not only education but perseverance on the set of Planet Word the best time of my life on Planet Word. But it was really all about education there. And I don't know if you've ever been, but inside- I haven't. I actually heard about her through the first, like for the first time after mm-hmm. your bio. I'm like, this is such a cool facility and museum. Like, what right? a learning opportunity. 
Yeah, so it was definitely inspirational to me, knowing that this is really getting out to those who really love books and love education and love all of these things and they're saying. But for me, I think the message really means education to me. Education is very important to me. While I do all of these things that I do, I really focus on education the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, education is one of my top priorities. Absolutely. Because education gets me where I need to be mentally, you know, and having that mental stability is very important to me. So with that being said, I'm on top of all my classes. Period. Girl can get a high school credit two high school credits but you know I I had one you um you have one uh one of me I had a credit in Spanish I felt like that girl girl I didn't even I didn't even take the test yet I have a span I have opportunity for Spanish and I have an opportunity for math I just learned it had like started having like an appreciation for math I had really good like when I was younger I guess I just didn't have good teachers I really wanted to take the time Uh to help me learn about fractions and stuff like that fractions used to tear me up inside another one of my favorite things so like I had a really good teacher in like eighth grade and then like throughout high school maybe besides like 10th grade because that was my COVID year Mm -hmm. like okay but now like I love math it's like one of my favorite things to do and um I love how like the Planet Word Museum I would have loved to have gone there as a kid uh also if you didn't know I started my own book club when I was 12 years old uh, because I would literally rather read than talk to people in social (laughs) So I was like, I might as well make a club out of it. So I did. And it became one of my best endeavors I think I could have ever done in promotion of education. And so I think one word that I learned was uh, inconsequential. And I would use that word to the cows came home. Like, I'm pretty sure people were tired of me, like, using it all the time. But I think right now, the biggest word that I know is, like, perspicacious. And I'm going to let you guess on what that means. Unless you already know what it means. Unless you already know. Not even going to lie. <laughs> ELA is not my thing. Perspicacious. Perspicacious. Now that I think about it, what does it mean? I think it means um like someone who is able to understand, like an outside party who is like able to understand. I'm pretty sure that's what perspicacious means. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. We can look up a dictionary later. But yeah. Proud <laughs> of you. Listen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, ELA never been my thing, but I never, you know. I was always excelling in it. Mm-hmm. Math always been my thing. Yeah. Always been my thing. But decimals and division kill me. Every I time. used to hate decimals. Every like oh my gosh. Time. Oh my gosh. But fractions were actually very easy for me. They were so difficult for me. Like for I don't know why, but in my fifth grade mind, I could not comprehend that four eighths and one half was the same thing. Like, oh my gosh. I understand it. And my teacher, she would get so upset with me. She was like, how do you not? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. So like, it really just like detached my heart from math. And I'm like, this just doesn't make me feel good. But once I started to understand it and like why and how it's used, I'm an algebra girl. I love algebra. Give me an equation give me the quadratic formula. Mm-hmm. I am. I have a blast. Listen, whenever you give me a decimal, it will be converted into a fraction. I- mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. And again, like with you having these roles, it obviously plays into your personality. Has you already love education, you love everything that it stands for, you want to excel and do well in it. So, what a better person to put than you for these roles, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but right before I let you go, I also want to talk about like, you know, why do you think it's important to be uh, goal oriented? And like, do you have like one of like your biggest motivations? I want to know like what those two things are. It's important to be goal oriented because once you're able to see your goal, nothing else can distract you. Mm-hmm. Once you set a goal that you would love to go for and that you have a passion for, every negative thing is very hard for, for, to distract you. Very hard for you to step aside of your goal for that negative thing. So me, I'm always setting goals. I'm always setting goals for what I want to do and what I see myself doing. I know it's very important for you to set your goals. Um, but my biggest motivation is my mom. That is definitely because growing up, I've always looked up to her. And if it wasn't my mom, it was my older sister. And my older sister was like, we used to always fight all the time, you know. But right now, that's like my rock. Mm -hmm. So we were always like, you know, on and off as siblings. But I will always deep down really look up to her. And as a person she is, because, you know, I got to get my smart from somewhere. Exactly. You know? Mm -hmm. she definitely taught me a lot of things in life and she's still teaching me things now. So not even just my mom and my sister, but you also have my grandma. Mm-hmm. I love my grandma. I call her Gams. Listen, that has to be my biggest supporter right there. Mm-hmm. Literally, every post I make, you can't say she's not the first to like it. You know, she's always there and she's always giving me feedback. And I really don't take it as tough criticism because that's my grandma. You know, exactly. Like, yeah. You know, my and, my grandma. She's one of my biggest supporters too. Like she's always like, Sydney. Before I pass away, I want to see your name on the keys. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You are going to be here forever. Funny. Trying to put myself in, in denial, you know. Yeah. But like, I love her so much. She visits when she can. She uh, she stays in Virginia. Um, but you know, I love what you said about goal being goal oriented. And something that I just learned. I when I was in Chicago, actually, I was there for Eric Thomas. Uh who he is he's a motivational speaker and one of the presenters he had there he was talking very heavily on discipline and ever since because like I've heard it before like you know like if you want to be motivated have discipline but for some reason like this conversation like just really struck and hit me and I was just kind of like have discipline Sydney like if you want to get this done like set the parameters like even even if you're tired do it anyway and it's just kind of like you know while listening to my mental health of course like because I learned far too late not to knock myself out dead over school. Like, I love school, but I'm not going to kill myself over it anymore. That's something that I really had to learn. And maybe some advice I can give to you. <laughs> but, um, you know, just like having discipline, just being like, you know, this has to get done. There's a deadline. And if you ne- if you pass it, if you, like, if you miss the deadline, then, you know, problems are going to arise. And, you know, moms, I- I'm-, I'm so happy that you mentioned that. Not only is she like, you know, your single mother and just like being a really big and amazing representation for uh-huh. you. Moms are a really big thing on my podcast. I think almost every time I ask a question like that or similar to that, it's always someone's mom. My mom's one of my biggest motivators too. It's just kind of like, I want to do this for her. I always say like, okay, I'm buying my mom a house. My grandma's getting a boat. Like all these things. Oh, my other day I was thinking about this. My mother's birthday was yesterday. So I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it. And I was like, hey, when I get old enough, Hmm. I'm going to do this, that, and the third, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. just making plans. Mm-hmm, yeah. When, when I know, girl, you're 13. 
Like, but no biggest, no dream is too small. No, too small. I will have six figures. I will have seven figures. If I really wanted to, I would have eight. Okay. Like there's no parameters. Who's telling that you cannot? No, you may have naysayers. You may have people that are like haters. Me, like you can't get there. But really the only person that can hold you back is yourself. Yep. The hardest person that can be pressuring you and telling yourself all of these, telling you all these things is yourself. You're your biggest competition. So if you, you have a goal, you have to compete with yourself for that goal because you're always thinking about positive and negative things that, you know, could happen or possibilities. But when you really have a goal, you're competing with yourself for that goal. Everybody else is blocked out because you're focused on what you're supposed to be focused on. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but before I let you go, and as we sadly wrap up our interview today, I want to play a nice fun game of rapid fire question. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Your favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate. Thank you. I know this is supposed to be rapid fire, but people don't like chocolate. And it makes me so I know. Oh, my. I was literally eating ice cream before this. And I was thinking, people really don't like chocolate ice cream. They don't like it. It's amazing. Oh, my. Okay. We have a lot of things in common, okay? I know. I love chocolate. I don't know why people don't like it. Anywho, anyways. Um, Okay, okay. Let's see what else. The book or the movie? Mm. the movie for sure this is supposed to be rapid fire it's okay it's okay you have the facial expressions tear with the captions you can't say it's not written in the book listen but the book it gives more description because like let's say especially if you read the book first then the movie like whoever they cast or depict in the movie if it doesn't match who you thought the person looked like in the book it makes you upset that's that's see that's why like, I, why is she blonde? She's supposed to have brown curly hair. What is that's feel, why you pick the movie first? Because now that you watch the movie, no, listen, listen, listen. Now that you watch the movie, when you go read the book, oh, I already know who she is in my head now. Oh my god. Okay, that, that's a good. I'll, that's I'll a take good that. Point. That's a good point. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> okay, let's do a few more. Uh, yoga or cardio? Cardio really really you got to get me pumped up to do cardio i love a good yoga class oh no Mm-mm. why not because not my favorite Mm-mm. definitely because hmm i like i like i think i like moving i think it's because i like moving you know I, I always have energy yeah maybe it's because your body's younger than mine and i have <laughs> the back of an idiot grandma okay i always hated yoga that's so funny. I love music yoga. I do. <laughs> okay, let's do one more. Okay. What is something that you cannot live without? Can it be like a person, place, or thing, or like an object? Like all the nouns. Only one thing. Um, one thing I cannot live without. Person, place, thing, all the nouns. I think my brother, and I only say this, I only say this because my brother, he's five years old, right? Mm-hmm. The funniest boy on the world. Oh my God. Like, 
He's hilarious. And as a five-year-old, a lot of smiles because of that five-year-old, you know? But, like, I think, okay, technically, my siblings. Technically. Okay. That's a thing. It, like, Honestly, just, I think I think that works. I think that fits. Yeah, yeah. But I love that. I really feel like I couldn't live without my younger brothers either. Technically, all my brothers, all my siblings, the whole family, honestly. It's right. Just, like, my younger brothers, especially, I do the things that I do to inspire and motivate them. Exactly. It's just kind of like I want to, like, if something were to happen, like, I want to be their person that they can run to cover for yep. if something were to ever happen. Um, but, you know, I'm always looking up to my older sister because, like, she's kind of her own confident, independent person. I'm just kind of like, Maybe that can teach me, you know, stop being super independent on people around me and just learn how to do my own thing. And then my older brother, he's like my therapist sometimes. So um, I think I can rely on them for, for anything. <laughs> but yeah, but thank you so much, Eris, again, for taking no time. No problem, no problem. Lovely, lovely conversation. I love where my guests and I have stuff in common because it just makes things that much more interesting. Um, but before you leave, can you drop or let me know or let my listeners know where they can reach and follow you. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Ares underscore Aubrey. Listen, I'll spell it out because, you know, my name is a little tricky. So we have E-R-I-S underscore A-U-B-R-I-E. Okay, I'm doing one more time, one more time. One more time, one more time. R-I-S underscore A-U-B-R-I-E. Yeah, Eris Aubrey. Um, yeah. You can find me on Instagram at Eris Aubrey. Well, thank you. Yay! <laughs> but thank you again, Eris, and thank you to my listeners for listening. And this is Perfect Timing. Hey, Jay, stay with